Welcome back, guys, to the Not Just Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey. And just as like a disclaimer, if I sound really like bummed up, it's because I am. It's not COVID. I've done about a million bloody lateral flow tests. But yeah, I've literally got a loo roll like right next to me because it's got to that stage of the cold where I can't stop blowing my nose. So yeah, just a heads up if you feel or if you hear any sound, um, strange sounds, it's probably me. But Welcome, Caitlin Hill, who is a compact athlete. Welcome both to the podcast. I feel like it should have been done way before, but we're doing it now. So welcome, babe. How are you? I am doing really, really well, thank you. It's um it's Christmas, isn't it? All of a sudden. Like, how's that happened? Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Come back home for Christmas. Um just sort of in a chill period now. Uni's finished for for Christmas. And yeah, like you say, I'm glad to be on the podcast. And I'm excited for the topics that we've got in store today. We've got a lot of them. So you're in your you're in your first year of uni, aren't you? Your second? No, so I'm in my second year now. Second, I thought it was second. So yeah, yeah, second year. Before we get into like, I don't know, there's so many different topics. I feel like they're all going to kind of merge together. Firstly, what is your age before we start off? So I am 19. I turned 20 in June, so I've still got quite a while yet being a youngin I guess and yeah second year of uni um studying sport and exercise nutrition this is my third competitive season which sounds pretty weird to say for like your degree if you wouldn't have gone to bodybuilding do you think it would have been the same choice yes but maybe for the wrong reasons so I've touched on it a couple of times and and you know I never really delve much into it but I did used to have quite a bad relationship with food and I think that I would have gravitated towards nutrition as a degree because I was so obsessed with food Mm. in a bad way however managed you know somehow by getting into bodybuilding that obsession with like routine and food and you know tracking variables has been sort of put into a good like a a much better mindset so Mm. yeah I I I would have definitely done something food nutrition related but now it's in a much more conducive manner and um probably going to be able to actually help me than make me more focused on on food as a as a thing rather than something that is good yeah yeah so when did you first if you could kind of class as like the maybe the age that you started developing poor relationship to food as, a, as maybe as a kid or a teenager and then also when did bodybuilding come into that kind of arena because as I say you're only 19 but it seems to be a lot of like stages and things that have kind of happened for you to get to the point yeah where yeah I feel like we skipped a few stages here <laughs> so I think it was pretty much as soon as I joined secondary school what are you then about 13 maybe a little bit younger so about 12 12 13 something like that mm-hmm. and um I'd, I'd never been you know a, I'm going to say the word fat but you know I'd never been a fat kid I'd never yeah. been you know skinny kid and to be honest with you I don't know how it really came about and I think mm-hmm. that that's a lot of the things with poor relationship with food is you don't like sometimes there is things that trigger it which you know a lot of people will be able to isolate and understand however I think that there's also people that never had something big happen yet they still have a a poor relationship with food Mm. and then I think then that can be harder because if you're trying to isolate the reason as to why you've got this this issue and there's nothing you can pinpoint that sort of, you know, I know I definitely went through times of going, why, why has this happened? You know, I've been brought up well. I've not had any, you know, sort of issues in my life. Why yeah. has this sort of happened? But yeah, so just can't really pinpoint it to one thing, just sort of developed. It was, it, and I wasn't really, you know, on social media, so to speak, either. So I don't think it was the influence of, of that it's just something that happened which makes me wonder whether we're you know genetically predisposed uh, pre you know what I mean yeah I get I try yeah I cannot say it I won't be saying it predisposed predisposed right I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah we'll go with that it's fine everyone, everyone gets it 
I, I get it. Sorry. <laughs> so I, you know, I wonder whether there's sort of um, that element, like whether it was always meant to be that you know some people will always have a good relationship with food and some people won't. Just so something what do you that pass I'll... as a bad. So you're putting things into good and bad, which is like no right or wrong. But like, what for you to say that you had a bad relationship for you? Like, what sort of things? Because like some people's what some people would class as a bad relationship, some people wouldn't. So I'd be interested to hear yeah. from your view, like the experiences that you had. What sort of things like came about for you to? Because I I feel like I had a poor relationship with you as well, but I did. Our reasons might be slightly different. So I'd be interested to hear yeah. what you think. Absolutely. So I think for me, it was more so an obsession of tracking everything that was coming in mm-hmm. and everything that was coming out. So, for example, you know, it'd be the standard my fitness pal. Everything that went through the lips would be tracked on, on that app. And, you know, as soon as I would consume some calories, it would then be searching on YouTube. 150 calorie workout that then as soon as I'd eaten the food to sort of mitigate against it which upon reflection was just not not healthy in my opinion and other things like wanting to know exactly what was being eaten every single day of the week so I could plan out the amount of calories per day and you know I was still living at home so I'd be in the family meal together at night And it was fine in my head if I knew exactly what was going in Mm -hmm. and I'd planned everything around that. However, let's say one day the family decide, oh, yeah, we're not we're not going to have that. We'll just have something else. That would be it. It would be like nervous sweat sort of like, oh, my God, this like this is how do I how do I do this? So that I, I never went and saw someone. But in my opinion, that was a very poor relationship with food on on my end be interested to know whether like you've had sort of similar experiences so for me mine was never like this obsession with like food and tracking it was mm-hmm. more like for, when I'm looking back as that like, when I was a teenager and stuff mine was very much like emotional eating so that's how right. I had a bad relationship I had a bad relationship with food because I like I would like my appetite's always been big, fine, but like I would always, I know I was, at times I was probably overeating more for a, like a psychological, like emotional comfort eating. Mm. Um, looking back now, and yeah, it's weird. Like in the moment, I didn't actually think, I didn't associate it with like this is bad. I kind of no. just, it's just like a, as you say, like a pre, is it pre we are gonna get tagged with people like screaming how to say it I know. Predis- so like, um, you know you have that one word in your life that you just can never say i feel like it's just gonna be that yeah. for us <laughs> yeah yeah it is it really is <laughs> so when did you come into bodybuilding because for me i got into bodybuilding at not as like young as yourself but i think i was Oh no, now I'm thinking 18 was first year, 19 was second year. When I was yeah. 20, my third year of university, that's when for me, it's when I came back from Malaysia actually. I was a year in Malaysia when I was 19, came back, and it was that summer, immediately it was my third year that I got into bodybuilding myself. So, when, what age, was it 15 or 16 that you got into bodybuilding? So, I started my first prep at 15 and then stepped on stage at 16 and it's I think it's a very gray area isn't it when someone asks you when did you start bodybuilding because is it is it when you start you know training is it when you first step on stage because I guess you've got people who are bodybuilders but have never actually stepped on stage you know if you're living if you're living the lifestyle Mm. but I'd probably say around 15 16 started bodybuilding properly you know that, that's when I got a coach that's when stepped on stage and so, so I guess from that sort of 12 to 13 to 15 to 16 there was that period of maybe a couple of years in between and essentially how I got there it was very much just by chance 
there was only two gyms in my little town. One's like a leisure center. And then one is like the dirtiest, oldest, like full of metal plates, like sort of cut yourself. You're going to get, you're going to get tetanus or something. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But that now that is the sort of gym that I love. So I initially started going to this sort of leisure centre and they, they brought in a rule that um, if you were under the age of 16, you couldn't lift more than 10 kilos or something. So, yeah, no, it was, it was due to insurance or something. I don't know. So I was like, right, bugger this. And I, I remember I lied about my age to get into the gym, this, this sort of older gym, because they said that you had to be 16. And I think I was like 14 or something. So I went in and I said, yeah, I'm born in. I worked out like the years, so I did two years home. <laughs> and went in there and it was just full of like middle-aged men who worked at the brewery next door, but they all just loved to train. And I think that just immersing myself in that sort of environment, like you, as much as maybe when you first got into the gym, you didn't have the plan to be a bodybuilder. When you're surrounded by everyone doing the same thing, you can't help but get, you know, interested, ask questions, and you do a bit of research yourself, and it just escalated like that, really. Would you not shit scared as a 14-year-old girl going <laughs> doing like that with middle-aged blokes? Uh, you know what? I was a bit scared, but I've always just... Um, I don't know whether this is a good or a bad thing, but I've never really cared like what other people say or think. Like, yes, to an extent I I do, but I just thought at the end of the day, it's a gym. You know, everyone's, everyone wants to get fit and healthy at some point in their life. Um, Just wandered in there and I think, yeah, it's probably the best thing I could have done. I'm sure if I had a different response, from everyone in there it might have, might have gone the other way but um yeah just went in and uh, did my thing and they sort of took me into the wing basically <laughs> it's nice because like i think a lot of us when we are perhaps a little bit older we kind of uh, what i'm trying to say is when you're a kid when you're a little bit younger you've got a bit more like devil may care you're not as like fearful of things whereas i feel like when you yeah. get to be older that's potentially when things start to kind of kind of you know you might get that anxiety going to the gym or doing something different so it's quite interesting to use a 14 year old kid to be like just didn't care and i love that like i think a lot of us still kind of need that 14 year old self that's like i don't give a shit i'm just gonna roll totally totally i i i would put my life on it that if i hadn't got into the gym and at my age now i went for the first time Mm. that i would have been so much more nervous Mm. just due to I think as you get older, you get exposed to more, you know, people shit. and and just yeah, just shit in general. So yeah, I um, that's why I'm glad in a sense that I just flung myself into it quite young, and I, I don't have any regrets about sort of just making that leap. Um, it was probably the best move I ever made. <laughs> and stepping again, stepping on stage at that age did you have any experience of like as I, I can't imagine you like ballet and tap but you never know so like would you like, oh would you like God. no no dancing background no. so my it, to like my mum and my sister are really good dancers like they do tap jazz ballet um freestyle song and dance all of that but i've got like, two left feet <laughs> like walking in heels oh my gosh first time I stepped into the gym with heels on my first ever coach was like you're walking like a farmer oh no but that's the sort of thing that I needed to hear obviously (laughs) so yeah not not a performer at all um so that's that's why I, I guess I don't really yeah I guess it is it's sort of a performance bodybuilding but yeah, I've never done any sort of performance sport prior to that. So I don't know. I don't know how I managed to get myself into this. <laughs> Were you nervous going on stage for the first time? And are you still nervous? So the first time, 
no, because I didn't really use social media. And I think that that is the biggest thing. Every single time I've stepped on stage since, the amount of pressure that I've probably more so put on myself has just mm. got exponentially bigger and bigger. And I've probably got more nervous because that first time I had no idea what I was doing. Just thought, oh, this will be a bit of fun. Yeah. And um, that's something that it you know might be worth touching on because 2019 I remember I had a you know a little bit more of a following and I put a lot of pressure on myself you know anything less than a win is uh it's not acceptable or whatever um it did the same for the first show of this season as well and um for that reason I think it translated on stage and the overall package is what's rewarded. I think that's so important to remember. And um, if you look nervous and scared, that is gonna, like the judges are gonna know straight away. And um, when I got judges feedback uh, on a few few shows, they were like, you just need to chill out. And um, yeah. with, yeah, with, with, you know, this this prep just gone as well there was so much pressure that I put on myself and I sort of said, look, if I don't win, then am I, am I a good bodybuilder? And I've definitely learned not to rate your progression on how well you place <laughs> because I, uh, you know, I, I placed well at the first couple of shows of the season. And then I actually got my worst placings at the last two. However, it was probably one of the best looks that we've ever brought. Yes. Um, um, I would, I would still say even like so you did two bros quickly run for it um it was two bros and PCA but I can't remember like the yeah yeah so the, went in for, for, for the graftism um on like at the beginning of September and um don't get me wrong really happy with the shape but just the condition wasn't there had done the show and then it was all of a sudden like I could breathe mm. like. I'd got on stage and I didn't look out of place, which was what was running through my head the whole time. I was thinking, two bros is, you know, it's high standard. Am I going to get on there? And people just think, what's this kid doing here? <laughs> so I could sort of breathe after that. And coincidentally, the body fat just started like flying off. And I think it's so like stress and pressure plays such a big role. So did graftism. Like the first show, it's like it happened so many times to so many people that I'm hearing at the moment. Like that's why I want to like prove this point. It's like your first show. Some people just like stop at the first show. They're like, oh, I, I'm just not good enough. It's like no, like a lot of shit happens after that first show. Like as you say, stress yeah. goes down. Suddenly your body goes, okay, I'm playing ball. I'm not being a dick anymore. And oh yeah, go with you. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, I could guarantee that most people, I mean, it's going to be so individual, but you do that first show that's normally a qualifier. And I think two things either happen, you either have to keep pushing on, and that is fine, because you know, you, you know what needs to be done, or your body just like, just flicks that switch. Mm. And I'm sure there's some sort of physiological explanation for it. But to me, it's like the magic happens. <laughs> like all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're maybe eating up a little bit more, um, doing less expenditure, but body weight seems to be coming down. You get leaner. So, yeah, that that definitely happened this time round. Done graftism, then did Arnold's. Um, we bought a much better, better package. And then we hit up PCA as well. And they were... Like we didn't initially plan on doing it, but I, I love a PCA show. It's always a lot of fun. And the last two ones, I didn't put any pressure on myself, just went in. And you can even see in the stage shots, like the first two shows went from a fake smile to like a proper smile, which I could notice. And, you know, sort of people in my small circle were like, I could tell that you were actually you know, a lot happier with the look. And um, it, it, I think 
you know it does translate um into into the overall package so yeah if, if you've done one show for the year or i know some people do just do the one show but I don't know about you, but if you're dieting for 16, 20, 24 weeks just to do one show, it's um, it can be quite tough, that, I think. Yeah. I, I always say, for, especially like first-timers, I say oh, yeah. you're going to like two... If you're going to do like a limited amount of shows, because sometimes like, you know, that whole process can be quite like taxing mentally and physically, so you do kind of want to come out quite fast. But like, generally speaking, if you've got a show maybe which is like, beginning of the month and then one which is maybe like two or three weeks after or even a week after then I think that's a nice yeah. like way to have a quick season like because I feel like mentally as a first timer I couldn't have done I see some first timers like going all year I'm like hun how the hell are you doing this because I personally could only do like one or two and I was done do you know what yeah I mean? yeah from a mental perspective and a physical one like competing for that long it it will be you know really tough and if, if you're a first time when you get into like real condition I, I don't think you realize how much of a hole you're in until you get onto the other side and, and I think also something you know maybe don't plan out exactly what shows you're going to do obviously you might have your first one but let's say you get your feedback and um, it's to come in you know you've got fantastic shape a good amount of muscle but you just need to be leaner you know, that's something that's doable in two, three weeks. However, I guess if you, you know, you get your feedback and it's like you need more size, it's not something that you can probably do in a, in a deficit. So, yeah, as a first timer, you know, get your feedback. But it's likely that you may just, you know, if you can come in a little bit tighter and um, have a bit of a better presentation on stage, you could probably go from maybe not placing to placing um just from making them little tweaks and it's all data collection really isn't it yeah so Every true time. do you feel like people judge you for your age with competing do you get do you get comments that are like oh you know you should just like compete when you're like 21 and take a few years out you shouldn't have done like this season or that season blah 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 do you get any of that negativity at all in relation to your age i'm sure people have said it behind my back or you know you know you know when you um see the the people have sent you story or sent you pictures or whatever on instagram <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine people have i understand why you know at a young age they're probably thinking is it the healthiest thing no it's not it's not health but is it healthy at any age um, exactly you know is she missing out on social life and um uni experience i can imagine like, i can totally understand why people would say it but at the end of the day you know what i'm doing doesn't affect anyone else so i've not had anyone sort of say it to me um i guess sometimes i get the odd maybe backhanded compliment like oh you look really good for 19 and it's like <laughs> I i'd like to look good for any age because at the end of the day they, they don't care how how old you are on stage. Um, That's like all the things to me, oh, you look great for 28. I'd be like, what? What's wrong? Like, have I done do, yeah. do I not yeah. for Or do I look good for 28? And I'm like, shit, well, what, 29? <laughs> like, oh my the God. thing is, th th this is where I probably overthink it. And um, n I, bet, I bet anyone that said, oh, you look really good for, for your age. It doesn't mean that in a, in a bad way at all. But can't help but to overthink sometimes. Um, 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 yeah. If I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Simple as. It's interesting you mentioning about um, like your university life and people mm. saying, "Oh, you're not the be like the best experience." And I find that such an interesting one because people's expectations, like people, what, what people, what, what someone would class as a university experience, might not be for someone else. Like. I got yeah. into bodybuilding my third essay after my second year, coming back for that summer um, and going into my third year. And I'll be honest, like I'd done the typical university experience in my first year and second yeah. year did it. got to third year and I had a bit of like, honestly, I had a bit of a crisis. And I was like, all I do is drink. And I like, I, would, I was like partying and drinking from like a really young age when I was like 13, 14. So for me, like, yeah. 
I done all of that stuff that everyone you else got it out of the system. I really had got out of my system, and I got like for me, I got to the point of thought like, am I gonna keep doing like? I knew the reason that I kept partying, drinking so much was like for the wrong reasons. So for me, like bodybuilding, if I wouldn't have done bodybuilding, probably would have just kept binge drinking, keep drinking myself yeah. into oblivion, yeah. not actually like addressing certain issues I had. Like, but it's interesting when people go. I remember my when I changed to that. I don't know if you maybe experienced something different at uni, but because at my experience at university, the first two years, oh, Jasmine's a party hour, and oh, Jasmine does this, Jasmine like drinks, Jasmine. I, I was seen as that, that was the identity in people's minds. So yeah. when I feel yeah. it, I'm gone, do you know what? I'm not gonna, like, I still drink occasionally now, but like, I full on went the other way. So I was like, I need to stop this. I yeah. need something yeah. to get out of this. So when my identity shifted, I felt like a lot of judgment and difficulties around that. So with like your circle, obviously you started a little bit younger, but generally at university, would you say like you're kind of like pigeonholed into the body, but well, Caitlin's the bodybuilder, or like have you had any kind of weird or difficult situations? Because I think a lot of people who are young might have had those situations. So it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So when I everything sort of timed out perfectly and that that definitely helps the, mm. the whole experience so I was in an off season when I started first year and throughout the whole of first year up until like the last couple of weeks I was in an off season so mm. there was room for flexibility you know the the first week I knew that that would be so important to make memories um and key friendships um so for that reason yeah I did my training I did my eating but I also went out had a good time and then from then on out I sort of explained to the people I was living with like I might have a drink every now and again but it's just not something that I personally enjoy a lot and luckily everyone was so understanding and on you know Every single, like, what we did was sort of, because we're in lockdown as well, this also helped. Because they weren't at clubs every night. Mm. Some nights, you know, they'd sit with a couple of drinks. Some nights, they would get absolutely wanked. Uh, and some nights, we would just chill and watch a film. So, because of how everything's timed, timed, like, with COVID and stuff, that's definitely helped me. May have been a completely different story if, if you know, nightclubs were open. But yeah, so I guess they knew I was a bodybuilder and I definitely, you know, identified as that, I guess. That's what they would say. But at the same time, if I did go on a night out, it would sort of be like everyone else would be gassed for me. <laughs> like, I'd be like, right, okay, um, it's someone's birthday. I could probably drink that night, you know, you know, once a month, maybe once every two months. So everyone would be like, oh my God, Caitlin's drinking. <laughs> I had your back and everyone's like, Caitlin's drinking, make sure everyone's out. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, so it was really, it was a really good group of people. And um, I th if you're in your off season, like at the end of the day, no one's going to force you to do anything. But at the same time, I had spoken to a few people prior to going to uni that had gone all in bodybuilding and some that had gone all in uni experience. Mm. And I was thinking, why can't you do two? Why can't you do both? <laughs> um, the ones that had sort of just focused on bodybuilding, you know, not socialised, they hated it, and they had a lot of regrets. And the ones that went sort of balls to the wall drinking also had the regrets. So, you know, I, I'm not sure why there's a misconception that bodybuilding, especially in an off-season, has to be... 100% or nothing um you know obviously as, as you get higher up in your bodybuilding career you're gonna have to you know balance maybe isn't gonna be you know th there's not gonna be total balance but if you think about it someone who's in their first second or third year they're gonna probably be at the beginning of their bodybuilding career and um for that reason I don't think that you should jeopardize one thing or the other 
so that, that that that's my thoughts and then that that's sort of my experience with it but yeah timing well due to covid and just a really good group of people that's amazing isn't it like it's it's so interesting yeah. with like uni i know we keep talking about uni and stuff but like i it really i think sometimes it literally depends on how like well that that accommodations picked it's not even picked for you oh, but it's like a lottery yeah. draw isn't it it is it really is like i know some of my friends um from school they were just they were put in um dorms and they, no one would come out of their rooms yeah i had to and move my first, after my first semester it was awful yeah like they won't come out, yeah so i mean some of them won't come out of the rooms and mine were pretty crazy but respectful crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, little, little bit in the middle yeah yeah and um it, this might sound a bit, I don't know, cheeky, but like when we could pick our rooms, the kitchen was down here. So I chose a room that was far away from the kitchen so that if I did want to go to bed, I could and I wouldn't have to be like, can you shut up? Yeah. It's literally just little things like that, you know. And even if they were a little bit loud, every now and again, you know, if it wasn't a special occasion, I'd be like, oh, you have to keep it down a little bit. And they'd be like, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, it, it really is about who you're living with. So if someone is going to uni and um, you, you end up in an accommodation block that you, that, you know, within the first week, I feel like within the first week, you know. Oh, and um, it's easy to change as well. Like, it's so yeah, easy. Yeah. Everyone cares. Like, I waited it out because there was this one girl who was in my accommodation yeah. who I was, like, I really connected with. So that it was the yeah. only reason I stayed that whole semester for her. Then after that, I said, babe, I've got to go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. Like, you can be selfish. And I've spoken this uh, a couple of times. I don't think being selfish is a bad thing. It's, I think it sounds like quite a negative term. But... You know, you were selfish to better yourself, and I bet then after you moved, quality of life just <laughs> improved tenfold. So much better. Like, but it was interesting because if I was, if I had started my bodybuilding journey in my first year, that accommodation setup would have, would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, we have thought yeah. about that, right? If I wouldn't have like. I moved because I wanted the party live. I wanted lively people and I wanted people that were sociable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. There you go. But um, yeah, I think the biggest advice if anyone's listening to this, it's like, don't, like, don't be afraid to just like move because sometimes you get the luck of the draw and sometimes you don't. And it is just the way it goes. Nottingham for me was my, my second choice. So I, when I went to go look at the combination, that's all they had left because everything else was booked. So I was like, well, I'm just going to have to go here and just hope for the best. But there was a reason why no one chose it. I found it out. But yeah, like my circle massively changed. Yes. Like for me, I, once I, as I kind of like moved away from like the party life and moved into more bodybuilding, a lot of people like stopped wanting to go out with me. A lot of people stopped inviting me to things. How do you communicate that to, to your like uni friends? Because I can imagine they've had some really funny questions that they've asked you because they haven't got a clue about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so like the first year, like I said, um, it was very easy to sort of manage. You know, I would change some things in my bodybuilding part of my life to accommodate uni, or mm. I would change some parts in my uni life to accommodate bodybuilding and vice versa. However, May time of, so sort of at the end of first year, uh, I started prep and basically, at, you know, one night that maybe we're all sat having some food, I was like, right, look, I'm about to start prep. Um, this is like, for me, this is like one of the big, big things for me. Just told them what it was going to be like. And, you know, the only thing that was really going to change was the fact that I wasn't going to be able to stay up all night, you know, drinking with them. I'd still be able to go on walks with them, you know, go to the cinema. You know, I wouldn't be able to maybe have an off-plan meal with them. But it was just sort of nice to sit down, communicate it. And then if they wanted to still be a part of my life, 
then I knew that they were a real one. <laughs> yeah. And if they didn't, if they didn't, then they're probably sifting out the shit for you. Yeah. You know? Um, so <laughs> That, so that's literally how it went and um now in the second year like I feel like my first year I got everything out of my system and that's why I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything because mm. you know I made sure that that first year that I did what I wanted I feel like I did that and now second year I'm sort of focusing a little bit more on, on bodybuilding and um still got you know a few close close friends um and that I'll meet with sort of weekly bi-weekly um, um, and I think it comes down to a lot of effort as well you know you have to make an effort you can't just expect you know them to make an effort with you um yeah so what, what I do for example is every Tuesday night either I'll go to the house where my friends from uni live or they'll come to mine and it's as easy as that you know just you know I know that, you know, we maybe think that everything revolves around bodybuilding, but it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't have to. Um, so, yeah, that's how that's how I've sort of kept things going, so to speak. I love that. With, with them, yeah. I'll be honest, um, when you went into uni, I did not expect you to have such a, um, like, real good, like, very good, perspective on things really really good perspective on things like you're able to balance things i'll be honest i weren't sure i said this to Gerard, I was like, oh caitlin seems very regimented she comes across as a very regimented person not good or bad like really like organized you want things as such like it was really cool to see you like literally go head first diving straight into it and i was like wow she's really fucking like she's swimming like she's not drowning she's proper going for it yeah, I, yeah. When I'd, um, I think a few of the first times that I put up maybe pictures with my flat or whatever, or even just outside of gym clothes, people were like, "What? What?" <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm really glad I did that. You know, a, a couple of friends that I spoke with, they, you know, once first year had finished, they said to me, "I didn't know how you were gonna handle it." You know, I, I feel like you could, you could have either gone one way or the other, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with how it went, to be fair. <laughs> Can you, like, remember any funny, like, things that they used to, like, ask you about? Or get, like, they maybe they had, like, pre, like, conceived ideas about bodybuilding that you've managed to change? Oh, well. they hate cream of rice. What? They hate it. Oh. Well, so they, you know when they do the whole they ask you every single time, oh, what have you got there? And it's like, the same thing as yesterday, you know, and you have to say that. Yeah. But I, I'd always tell them what it is, and um, they, they, they'd always then look at it and go, oh, oh, why are you eating that? And it's like, you've never eaten it. it so it was it was the cream of rice especially, like, I'd, um, I'd always oh. make it in the kitchen. I'd always go and sit with them, and they'd go, oh, can I smell that? They'd smell it oh I don't like that and I'm like well good because you're not bloody eating it <laughs> I can't I did not expect you to say cream of rice really not expect oh, to say they hate it like for some reason they were like you better not be eating that again and I'm like oh I am um, at least I've got that worry though like do you know when you kind of you have you've got like a cupboard and you worry that like your, your house your flatmates like eating something at least you knew oh my god yeah well I uh, I think I, I think I heard something Jack Thorburn said and he, he said when he went to uni or had a flatmate, went into the kitchen, laid down the rules. It was like, right, this is my kitchen. <laughs> no, I, I basically just said to them, look, if you ever want to use anything, ask me. But if you don't use it, if you don't ask me, we will fall out. And the thing is, they never wanted any of my food anyway. Like, everything like my, my meat would always be portioned up in the freezer in color-coded bags so they can't you know in um my cupboard like i'd have a little lock on it or whatever um just in case they were drunk and came in like going crazy spilt the protein powder everywhere <laughs> but yeah to be like it, it 
they never asked any really weird questions. They would just always ask about food because it's, you know, I don't think people realise how like big food is um, like as a topic of conversation and just a part of life, you know, that sometimes we'd only see each other at mealtimes, like when, when we'd be in the kitchen. So that was, that's probably the big, biggest thing that made me laugh. Cream of rice. They just they, they they just haven't lived, obviously, which is fine. It's fine. Not everyone. Oh, the, the, the next best question would be, and, and what is it? It's like, oh, can't bother. Might as well be speaking Spanish, hon. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so moving on from that, then, if we talk about food, talking about budgeting, when you're that age, like money isn't as like. I guess available for various yeah. reasons and like <laughs> when I started I started yeah I did my first like kind of test one random show it was called Fit Factor I think they've got it back now actually but that was back in 2015 2015 yeah I think it was like 2015 something like that and I just like had solo money like it was so so tough like trying to balance everything um so what sort of like budgeting things would you say are really important and things that have helped you and this is obviously like before like you got sponsored as well I don't know how quickly you started to get sponsors but yeah what sort of difficulties potentially did you go through what sort of advice could you give for someone whether they're student or not to be honest like just generally budgeting when it's expensive (laughs) yeah so every single month I would um look at the diet plan that I've been given and work out for a month how much food would be needed so therefore that meant that there was absolutely no waste like nothing was getting wasted and that's the first thing because i feel like sometimes if you pop to your local shop for a little bit of a top up you might end up going to a sainsbury's local where everything's like double the price of aldi or if you go to costco and, and and buy it in budget so that would be the first thing every single month top um <clears throat> add it all up and only buy exactly what you need and then it would be a case of where are you going to buy it you know if you're buying at tesco morrison's sainsbury's although each individual price maybe isn't a lot more everything accumulatively will will add up so you know opt for lidl aldi costco get it on a uh, on a bigger scale that's actually an interesting um, point about like whether being like a student actually there's benefits in other ways to doing a meal prep in comparison to a macro so imagine if you like did the same get the same macro same everything but you did like you did macro tracking versus like meal plan i feel like macro tracking you probably would be spending more money like when you actually accumulate yeah yeah uh, yeah definitely um I've, i've personally never been a macro tracker um don't know why i think i've just always just just been given a I've always just been given a like a diet plan by any of my coaches so I've just done that but yeah that that's probably another point that following a meal plan well maybe let's say like the majority of time um because I know some people don't like meal plans due to the fact that it's the same thing over and over again mm. but at the same time it's like can you be that picky if you haven't got loads of money to spend so you know it's just situation dependent and also um when it comes to like gym memberships and um supplements and stuff like that you'll see people who say that they can't maybe afford you know the the higher quality food yet they'll treat themselves to a new pre-workout and it's like you know do you, yeah. do, do you actually need that it's his needs and wants isn't it um and then at the same time you know cutting costs with um maybe even transport i brought my car and i have no idea how much my flatmates spent on ubers in that time like every single time they needed to get somewhere it'd have to be an uber if it was raining uber um so having my car there helped a lot as well and um didn't have Ubers at uni. We had to bus everywhere. Like, uh, and even, but then taxi, like a, a standard taxi was actually so expensive. Even for Nottingham, it was yeah. mad. St- stupid expensive. What else can I think of? Oh, one thing oh. I did as well. Before I went, 
you obviously know where you're going to be going to uni, you know, months in advance. So inquire about part-time jobs straight away. Um, the moment that you've got a source of income coming in, you're going to have more potential to treat yourself. So that, that was another thing that I got. So, you know, within a week of being at uni, I'd, I'd got my job. And yeah, maybe it wasn't nice working, you know, when, you know, the, the first couple of weeks when people were going out all the time. But then by the end of the year, I had money. <laughs> so thinking about like the location of the year of the year you're going to yeah like, totally. I didn't choose anything i didn't choose anything like south for me because i thought what's the point i'm going close to london value for money it's just going to be a, it's going to be like no joke my student loan doesn't get any bigger because i'm going down south so it just seemed pointless yeah absolutely um student loan yeah that came in and went out straight away <laughs> did I'm not see that funny. Yeah, my student loan basically paid for my accommodation and then I was literally left with like bloody pennies. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I don't think there's much else because at the end of the day, like if you are a bodybuilder and you're following a diet plan, you know, you're going to have to buy buy the food um, and, and do that. But also maybe just communicate with your coach um, if they're putting like salmon on the plan. Obviously, you know, there's utility for salmon because of the nutritional content. But if you can't be afford salmon um then communicate that with your coach and i'm sure that you could find a cheaper alternative um but but other than that sort of yeah the budgeting the transport the the part-time job um if you get everything in place before going to uni it'll make it so much easier because once you're there you get caught up in uni life don't you and you, you forget to sort things out so before you go have a think about it, sort, you know, put things in place and uh, and you'll just be, you know, you won't have to worry when you're there. Yeah. Uh, worrying about money or something. But, yeah. That's coming about your Christmas and birthday presents, guys. Like, these hats come with that shit. I want you to pay for my shoes. I want you to pay for, I don't know, that, like, pre-workout or that omega free or just yeah. whatever, anything. But, like, if you know there's certain, like, gaps in, like, your finances when you're like you're a student be tactical with like christmas and birthdays that's like your that's your two tickets two tickets yes like sort it out absolutely well yeah that's off the top of my head that's probably uh, you know the best and i, I don't think you, unless you're stupid with your money then there's no uh, there's no reason why you should sort of be struggling hopefully <laughs> I love that. I feel like we've covered that topic really, really well. Hopefully. Mm. But I feel like I've literally, that's why I keep looking at my phone, by the way. I'm just looking at all the notes and I'm like, yeah. It's all right. That's completely fine. <laughs> so, as this episode is going out during the Christmas festive period, we're going to be talking Christmas because mm -hmm. I don't believe it's so freaking close. Um, so, let's do a quick 20. Has Caitlin ever struggled with Christmas? And I'm not just saying when she was five and she didn't get like, what she wanted from Santa. I'm talking about Caitlin as a bodybuilder who has had difficulties with you know food in the past. I've had yeah. my own difficulties. Has there been certain Christmases that potentially that you kind of struggled with? Um and how have you kind of been able to perhaps like overcome them and heading yeah. into like more positive Christmases if that makes sense. Totally. So for the two to three years that I did have this poor relationship with food, what I would do and there would be two days a year that I would just go all out and I would have like sort of conditioned myself to think that that was okay to just go for it would be mm -hmm. my birthday and Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I guess because I gave myself that free pass, I didn't actually feel guilty about, you know, eating whatever the hell I wanted, but at the same time, just going absolutely all in and one day probably wasn't, the healthiest thing in for my mindset either mm. but now i've never really overthought it i've always just you know I'll, I'll get a message from um coach saying oh yeah christmas eve off uh, christmas day and boxing day maybe something like that i just sort of thought okay and i don't know whether that's because i didn't know that it was such a big issue in the body you know in the bodybuilding community i didn't know whether they um like i just didn't realize that it was such a big thing that people really over like overthought it 
Mm. Um, I just sort of ate, ate what I wanted. However, I can imagine that if people who have just got into bodybuilding are seeing everyone sort of worrying about Christmas Day, maybe they're then thinking, oh my God, should I be worrying about Christmas Day? And I think it's a sort of perpetual cycle. So yeah, when, you know, had a poor relationship with food, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. I'd go all in. But since I've been actually bodybuilding, I've never really over overthought it. I've just sort of eaten what I wanted on the days that I was told you can eat off plan. Um, so th- yeah. th- that that's that bit on my end, yeah. Isn't there like such a beauty of like not overthinking a bodybuilding in so many ways? Yes. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Like I right, I love the elf for Christmas films, right? And I haven't bloody watched it yet. And because it's on my mind, when I'm looking at like Instagram, I can see the memes for elf. When I'm like looking on Netflix, elf is there. I'm like elf, 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 elf is everywhere. But that's only because that's yeah. the only thing I'm thinking of because I haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you only find the same you like the one, the Christmas experiences that I've had where I've not enjoyed it is when I've overthought the whole thing. And sometimes oh, we feel full of that because everyone else is talking about it, then that's all that's going to be coming like at you, if that makes sense. And then yeah. that's when the yeah. thinking happens. Absolutely, yeah. At the minute, like I, I, I've noticed inadvertently that there's been a lot of Christmas posts, but because I've never sort of really thought about it that much, it's 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 been fine. But like I say, I can imagine if if this is somewhat, let's say, they've done their first show this year. They've done the post show, whether they've handled that, you know, how they would have liked or not, don't think it really matters. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing all this stuff about Christmas. It's like, oh my God, um, should, should I be worrying? Like, mm-hmm. does this mean that, you know, it's, there's a lot of questions and um, just do what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, but, but when people say, just do what you want to do, it's like, do I know what I want to do? Yeah. And then I think it comes down to the, the, the person and their situation, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and just, you know, speak with your coach as well. Because you you need to be told sometimes by someone of authority and just sort of to screw your head on. Um, like, it's okay get to a bit of like, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes, you know, when, when they say off plan, maybe that just means like have a little bit more of of that they might think that that means just um you know have a little bit more of the same foods but just ask you know does this mean i can eat chocolate cake like just get clarification i think once you know then that will make it a lot easier like what you're being told is okay but it's it's always going to be hard isn't it like i I know there's some people that are that that'll be on prep as well because there's what what are them Ben Weeder show? It's like yes, and eight, eighteen weeks or something. Yeah, I think I think it's even less now. It's like sixteen. Oh my god! Wow. So I, and yeah, there's there'll be people that are. Um, I know a couple of people that are on prep, and then obviously that's gonna it's gonna be person dependent. But for the majority of people, in my opinion, I would say just enjoy Christmas Day because. The amount of memories you're going to make with your family will will last forever. And then um, if you're training hard and you're in an off season, that extra food is probably going to help you. Yeah. Do you say <laughs> on Christmas Eve on Boxing Day, do you kind of go, doesn't matter what my split is, doesn't matter what's going on, I'm just going to not train. I am going to train. Like, do you already preempt it? Like, what do you personally do? So in the past, I've run a push-pull rest legs rest, which is a rotating split. Mm-hmm. However, this year, I've got a set split. So I know for a fact, Monday's a rest day, Tuesday's push. So Christmas Eve is a Friday, which is a rest day for me. So I will be resting. Christmas Day is push. So I'm going to go train push. However, I'm mindful of my family and... I know for a fact that they're not early wakers. They'll probably wake up at about 9, 10. So I'm going to go to the gym really early in the morning, get my session in because I like training, not because it's hardcore to train on Christmas Day or whatever. I just like to train and it's it's one of my favourite sessions. So I'll go get that done and then come back. And by the time they've woken up, had a shower or whatever, I won't have missed out on anything. And, uh, And then Boxing Day is 
legs pull. So I'll, I'll probably just go train that as well. I, you know, that that's the only reason that I that I'm training on Christmas Day this year. I think the past couple of years it's been a rest. Like I've I've rested. And I've just chosen to rest. But you know, um, if you want to train, go and train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like for me, it's weird. Like it's been the past month. Like felt why I have to train on Christmas Day, or I'm just not gonna feel. I'm gonna feel like that guilt. Back in 2018, that was Jeff. That was definitely me. Oh, I can't. Do you know what? This is a funny thing. I can't even remember if I trained in 2019 on Christmas Day. Cannot remember. 2020. The, yeah, I was. I was here. Didn't. No, don't think so. But even the fact I can't even remember that just shows it all. Um, but for like me this year, yeah, it shows, it shows that you weren't, you know, overthinking it mm. last year. You just whereas sort of did what you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas 2018, I was the overthinker of the fucking central. Like it was bad. It was so bad. I only went to train to make myself feel better. Like that was literally because I like that was where the poor relationship with food like situation was happening. So yeah, it's true. But this year, I ain't got a clue. And then I guess it's like a different scenario now because I've got like a gym at the bottom of my garden. So it's like, you know, if if family come over, then fine. But I just kind of said to Joe, I'll kind of just like, I'll, you know, I'll take his lead. If he's training, I'll be like, oh yeah, go on then. Like whatever. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, and I think that's because you know you, you'll train if you'll, you'll train if you want because you love training. You know, you you've, you you do it for the right reasons now, which is you know so important. What's your favourite Christmas movie? Um, judge heavily on this, just to let you know. I, I probably am. <laughs> My favourite Christmas movie is The Grinch. Do you know what? I've not watched The Grinch in a long time, so I don't even know if it's good or bad. Yeah, you know what? I've not watched it in a while, um, but it's one of them that it's just so stupid and silly. Um, that I quite like that. I don't really like the more serious ones where you know people are apart from the family at Christmas. I'm like, ah, just give me yeah. something to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I just love the elf, like that is just like long term. That is me. I remember watching that when I was younger, and do you know the image where like elf is like washing um in the shower and it's tiny and he's like he can't even fit in it, and yeah. then he's in the bathroom. Yeah he's like the tallest one like I could just relate to that on so many levels when I was a kid so I was like that's me and then he, he used to love golden really? syrup yeah he used to love maple syrup and I was obsessed with golden syrup as a kid so when he used to put the plastic thing I was like yeah done that mate on it like I was have you just, done it yeah like full on I don't know like, not the not the maple part, but the actual pasta <laughs> what's it like do you know what? It's actually pretty good. I'm not even going to lie to you. I can it's imagine. Like... Carbs on carbs. Sounds right up my alley, to be fair. Exactly. 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 <laughs> um, what do you, what do you do kind of like New Year's then as well? Like, do you, are you typically person that like goes out, does an actual thing for New Year's? Talk to me about that. Yeah. So in the past, I've never really planned anything. I think 2019, went to a friend's house that they were literally like the night before. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then last year oh my god what was I doing last year oh I was at uni I was at uni and we're in mm. lockdown I was locked in at uni so um we just had a good night you know had a drink there was there was only about five of us because uh, out of the 20 only about five of us had come back and then all of a sudden it was like lockdown I'm like well we're trapped we better have a good night then so we did we we did that wasn't really planned either however this year I'm actually going, well, depending on what Boris says, I'm off to the drum sheds in London. That's cool. I'm going, I'm going to a rave. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, uh, I only go out like once or two times a year. I went to Warehouse Project in Manchester um, in October. And then me and a couple of girls are off. So, you know, Georgie mm -hmm. Cooper, yeah. uh, Hannah Mitchell. Nice. And Geordie, we're off to uh, this rave. <laughs> um, and it's actually Georgie's birthday. So that's, that's why oh. we're going. So it's going to be a nice, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So I do hope it goes ahead. But yeah, that's what I'm doing this year. And um, I, I, I do think that stuff like Christmas Day 
and New Year's Eve, like, I'm just imagining being in this concert, the clock strikes 12, we've gone into 2022, everyone's loving life, like that, that for me, it's where memories are made, so I, I do actually really like New Year's Eve, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very, like, a spiritual person or you know whatever but i do like the shift of going from one year to another yeah. and um i'll be i'll be going into it with some of my best mates so i can't wait for that i love that i love that so talking about training for new what are the plans for caitlin okay so um spoken with tom and aj and basically it's just going to be off season like i'm realistic when i stepped on stage don't get me wrong i, I know that my shape and structure was maybe fit for ifbb but the, the muscle density and the size just I, i'm just not there so for that reason i'll just take out as long as long as needed um so i'm going to be in an, in an off season all of 2022 and then when we get to the end of 2022 objectively you know without any sort of like emotional attachments to the physique gonna look at it if we look at it and think right this you know has a good shot we may put plans in place for a prep if not we'll probably diet down because you can't you know you can't sit in your own fat and expect to grow forever yeah. but we'll, we'll we'll utilize that as like sort of a you know a, a mini cut get a bit more responsive and then just keep growing I think in the past I've always said, yeah, I know exactly when I'm going to be competing next. Um, this time I don't, but I also think that that'll be a bit nicer. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not... The deadline sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, mm. absolutely. The, you know, every single time before there's always been a specific show, but this time I think it's very much going to be rather than aiming for a date, it'll be aimed for a physique. That's... Which hopefully should bring a better package. 100%. I just think it's like, it's so cool. Like, by the time you probably step on stage again, would have been the time that I would have first stepped on stage. But the amount of like knowledge and experience you've had in that like four, five years, it's gonna be mad. It's gonna be mad. Uh, I, I, I can't, can't wait to be fair. But I honestly like that. That's one thing that I need to touch on. Like, the amount of stuff that I've learned, even in the past like two to three months, like, you constantly are learning and I've got so many good people now that I know that I can always just ask any questions. And I feel like I'm still learning every single day. Like you always are, aren't you? But um, yeah, I'm very happy that I've got a good group of people to, to keep me uh, keep me always like open to learning more. Love it. I love it. Right. Last question before we round it up. Okay. Um, this one might be quite difficult though, so I do apologise. Um, okay. What makes you not just a bikini girl? Well, not makes you, well, you're not even a bikini girl. What makes you not just a figure competitor? Hmm. I think maybe, I don't know if this is going to come across big headed, but I, I think it's been that I've always just loved to go into the gym and pick up heavyweights. Like, I've never liked or been a very girly sort of stage person I, so I, I don't think that people would maybe call me like a, a bikini girl I know I don't do bikini but you know what I mean like yeah. I think they yeah. would probably just say that I'm more of like a, someone that loves training hard and I, I love that just getting in the gym and just getting gritty with it um which maybe isn't as you know some like i think some people would see bikini girls just as what they post on instagram which they shouldn't because i know some of these bikini girls like yourself train damn hard but um yeah i guess if you were to sort of go onto my page you wouldn't see someone in in heels and uh in makeup all the time to someone who wears baggy clothes and likes to train um but other than that i don't do much outside of bodybuilding so i i guess that, that, that i haven't really got anything to answer that like a, another hobby um because I, I do sort of immerse myself in that way do you think after uni you'll go straight into like a more bodybuilding central 
like path with your career do you reckon so i don't know i'm trying to build up a client roster um at the same time as doing uni i think everyone would love to be able to work for themselves and sort of be an online coach or something like that where they could focus their life around bodybuilding rather than focusing their life around a job mm. however I, I would like it to buy a house and i know that being self-employed you need a certain amount of years on the books i think it is so um i'm likely going to go into maybe the private health sector with my degree and 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 do that until i can buy myself a house that that's probably going to be the plan however after this three years i'm probably going to do a master's uh, as well just just to sort of try and learn a little bit more what that, sort that's of master's um it'll be nutrition again just because the course that i'm doing it gets you a degree but it doesn't get you registered as an accredited nutritionist so mm. it'll just mean that i've got more you know opportunities if i have this like accredited nutritionist role mm. Sounds cool. Sounds cool. I like it. Well, I think we'll end it there. Do you know I think that's been one of my longest interviews, which I quite like. As well. Oh, God. Yeah. Just a, in a good way, though. Just at the clock and I thought, ooh. But thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on. Hope you've had fun. Hope it's been good. I have. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Thank good. you very much. And thank you to everyone that has joined in and got to this point. Uh, do make sure you subscribe and I will leave. Caitlin's details below so you can check her out in all her baggy clothes and baggy clothes is a vibe so I'm all for that but yeah thank you so much guys and we'll see you all in the next episode